people need to empower themselves. That doesn't mean like Trump's going to come in or any politician's going to come in and be like, here's your freedom back. Like I got, I gave it to you, right? Like it's not theirs to give you. Freedom is, is up to the individual. The individual has to remove their chains themselves. Otherwise they haven't learned anything and we're just going to continue into tyranny for, forever after this. Yo, 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 and welcome back to another episode of the Nick and Griff Show. Today is Saturday, December 23rd. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. It is uh, 9.09 a.m. Griff, how's your week been, man? Why is Bitcoin the trigger word for so many people now? It's like a trigger word. It's like you say Bitcoin, and it's like you're insulting their intelligence. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. We're family. If an avalanche was coming... Am I not allowed to tell you that the I feel like the avalanche is coming and that if the avalanche comes and you don't, you know, like come with me before it actually comes, there's nothing for really for me to do. I don't know how you feel about that. I'd love to ask pretty much every Bitcoiner how they feel about that in their family in regards to that. Like, are you just going to take care of everybody if they don't buy any Bitcoin? Man, that's a question and a half. That's a question and a half. Um, yeah. You know, I'd like to say that I've got to take care of a couple of people, but man, I can't, you, nobody, not everybody can fit on the boat, you know, not everybody can fit on the boat. But no, uh, it's been a good week. Uh, it's a lot of work. seems like in this country now, if you're willing to work 365 days, you can really get ahead. You know what I mean? <laughs> because nobody else is really working and that's not a slight to anybody. I just, I don't see days of the week like that. I don't know about you, Nick, if you see days of the week different, but work is work. I mean, it is what it is. Business is business. Yeah, yeah. Depends, on, depends on the industry, right? I mean, you're you're in one of those industries where man, people are always having surgeries. You know, people are always having surgeries. People, people are definitely, yeah, definitely surgeries always happening twenty four seven. Hey, uh, something something you mentioned a second ago, Griff. Why is it that whenever whenever you say Bitcoin, somebody's intelligence is immediately insulted? Immediately, you say Bitcoin, and their brain like turns off. Is that, uh, do you think that that's a, a real side effect or is that, um, you know, I mean, there's a lot of bias, right? You think about people that are in the fiat system that have built up some type of a foundation in this fiat system. Maybe we're talking about somebody that's in their 40s, 50s, something like that, that has, that has been in the system for a while, has been building for a while. They've got a vested interest in all of their assets not being worth shit, you know, and actually being worth something. But you and I have had several conversations about uh, why that may not be true. Well, and I have to say, um, if you really believe in Bitcoin and you love the Constitution and you live in the United States, what is happening right now in this country? Um, and I'm at fault. <clears throat> I'm at fault for this as well, because I was, I was a libertarian voter in 2020. I was, a, I just don't want to vote either way kind of guy. I don't like either side. Right. Um, and now I'm more on the side of, I kind of need to either pick a side or I need to try to find the best candidate that can actually win, uh, and talk about that more. And then I want to talk about that mixed with the fact that if anybody gets elected, and there's no abolishment of the Federal Reserve, there's no talk about uh, the things that really matter, then I don't know. I don't know why we're doing it. I, I have no idea. And I personally, and maybe this is on me, 
I have no idea why you can't talk about that with your closest friends and family and have a real serious conversation. But there's a lot of deeply, deeply unserious people, Nick. And I tweeted uh, this week, and I'll continue to tweet this. Uh, your favorite fiat freedom fighters, whomever they may be, have no interest in getting off the fiat standard. They just don't. I mean, even Elon, when he's talking to Kathy Wood, what incentive does he have, one, to rush everybody into Bitcoin if he does believe in it? And then two, why would he give up the games that he gets to play? So, uh, no, I don't understand because I feel like Bitcoin is very, very close to how the revolutionaries felt or started to feel uh, when they fought for our economic freedom, um, which I think we have a perfect guest for that this week. Mm, we do. We do. We've had uh, we've had a lot of great conversations on Twitter with some new people recently. Uh, one of them we've got here with us today. Excited to be jumping on with them. Griff, I know you love to talk about um, some of the history with, um, you know, the United States and making those parallels to what things look like today in terms of the Bitcoin world. And, uh, you know, uh, for all of you plebs out there that are listening, we don't know anything. We're just two dudes that have our own human experience. And, uh you know, we're looking to have conversations and try to learn something. And maybe you guys will get to learn something uh, along the way. But somebody that's going to be good to talk about uh, some history aspects and as, and as well some orange pilling methods. We've got G Money here with us today. G Yo, Money, Jared, what up, boys? Happy what to have up, you. Boys? How are you doing this morning? <laughs> I'm good, man. Merry Christmas and uh, good morning. Yeah, this is great. Thanks for having me. Merry Christmas to you as well. Hey, we got. I, I'm going to ask you the same question I asked Griff just a second ago. Um, why is it, or is it true that somebody's intelligence is insulted as soon as Bitcoin is brought up? What has your experience been with that? Yeah, look, uh, people have to kill their ego. Okay, so a lot of the uh, awakening that happens with Bitcoin is people have to really destroy everything they've kind of learned their entire life and be mm -hmm. like, hey. Maybe some of the shit I was taught was probably like not true. Okay. And so when that happens, you have to go deep into your soul, right? And you have to like kill off that section of your psychology mm. that thinks you know everything because of how you were taught. And Bitcoin actually shatters that complete paradigm, right? It shatters that paradigm of the old to be like, no, I know what money is. Um, and so it's a very triggering event. And it's funny, you guys were, you were talking about it earlier about, you know, how, uh, you know, you ask family members, you know, to get into Bitcoin and like all that sort of stuff. And the, the common response I get is, well, if you're right, you have enough for all of us. And I'm like, I ain't coming to save you, bro. <laughs> Lost all my Bitcoin in a boating accident, actually, last week. Exactly. You guys can have fun staying poor for not listening to me. And so, no, like that's not that's not the right way to do it. But um, no, I believe Bitcoin is this natural filter that is bringing out the best of us in the most natural process possible, right? It's like a natural selection of rebel souls that are coming out of the ethos naturally mm. to fight this battle. I believe this is a spiritual battle. This is not a typical war battle that we're going to, you know, fight with muskets and all this other sort of thing. So we're in a, in a very dark spiritual battle right now. And I believe all of us that are coming together to fight this um, have some extra spirituality that I don't even, I, I think it's really deep rooted in your DNA. Funny enough. I think there's some weird mm -hmm. DNA that you have that was awakened. That is like, I'm a fighter and I am not going to tolerate this shit. And I'm going to stand for truth and I'm going to stand for freedom. And, and it's just, um, it's just a really cool experience. 
Yeah. You have no idea how much that just resonated <laughs> with me personally. <laughs> Um, because the only Christmas gift I gave out this year was the Bitcoin standard. I'm probably sent out like 13 or so copies. Um, not going to give you my scheme on how I'm getting a good price on that. I might have a wife that works at a bookstore. I might not, you know, so we might be getting a good deal, uh, sending it out, but consistently now getting in fights for that very thing where it's like, well, you'll have enough for me. And I'm like, uh, I started working in 2020. I was like, I'm very proud of what I've been able to stack because I don't leverage my Bitcoin. I just bought by my Bitcoin and wait, like that's all I can do. And I do believe, of course, I believe if you've been stacking since 2019 in a dollar cost average way uh, into self-custody, maybe I'll have maybe I have some Bitcoin. Yeah, maybe I do. But you have no idea. I don't think anybody really can quantify what the Bitcoin is going to be worth and where sometimes, too. I mean, so it's like, yeah, I mean, that's funny that you say that. But like, no, I'm not going to save you. Like, there's nothing for <laughs> me to do. But obviously, uh Donald Trump's going to save us, right? Like he's going to be the guy. He's going to Yeah, he's going to come down on a dragon and give you all your freedom back so you can go back to watch you can go back to drinking Bud Lights and watching football every weekend, right? I mean, no kidding. I don't want to waste any time honestly like I've been getting into debates a lot of with with a lot of good friends of mine about how uh he was president, promised a lot of things, but he never hits on anything that's going to change anything meaningful for the people of this country. He's just simply not. Like he's not our guy in that way. Uh, I do like a couple of the things he's done compared to who uh, Joe Biden or Barack Obama. But when you have a president that stands up there and he goes, oh, OK, um, Obamacare, I can't really repeal that. That's not our guy. He's just yeah. a guy. I've got a little bit of a different take on that. And so um, I believe Trump was the anomaly that went into the system to um, like throw the wrench into the into the wheelhouse. Right. And so Trump was like the wake up mm. um, to undomesticate humans in a way to be like, whoa, like what is going on here? And so this was never about politics. OK, now Trump used a vehicle of politics to, I believe, awaken the masses. OK, but um if we are ever going to learn anything through this human experience, we're going to have to learn that we cannot rely on God kings, abstract rank power hierarchies to come and protect us. OK, like humans have to protect themselves. They have to undomesticate themselves in a world of digital tyranny. Mm. And so I believe Trump was kind of like the um, the Overton window mover. Right. He like he portrayed things in a way that's like, hey, this is like right. But like. Why can't you do anything? Well, and, and, and it, let's be honest, like you cannot fix the system we're in. There is no way you are going to be able to vote your way out of this tyranny or be able to change it from what we've accrued in the last, you know, 250 years. Right. I mean, it, it's it's out of control at this point. And so um, people have to realize nobody is coming to save you. And that includes Mr. Trump. Uh, I do believe Trump was a big part of like helping get Bitcoin to where it is today. And I've got tons of sauce on that. Um, and so I think Trump's biggest legacy will be, um, his establishment of space force and his establishment of the Bitcoin hash rate going from like nothing to like the moon while he was president. And so, um, there's a lot of underground, I think things that happened during his tenure that, you know, maybe we don't really know what's going on with him. So I would, um, I would just say, let's keep an open mind with, with what exactly his role was, is, is my opinion, but. Everybody's free of their opinion and how they think this is going to shape out. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think any Bitcoiner is going to sit and say, well, I mean, I'm sure there are, but nobody's going to sit and say, oh, that guy just was like, he was a nothing burger. It's just more like he, anybody could agree, like going into 2024, 
I, this Vivek guy sounds like he's got a little bit more like juice to him. And he sounds like he's, <laughs> he sounds like he can relate to a lot more people. And he sounds like he actually might be more of a Bitcoiner. But to take it right back to what you said. So you're saying um, when hash rate is skyrocketing, what is it now? Like 622 terahashes per second or something insane. Yeah. You think nation states have been mining Bitcoin for a lot longer than they're letting on at this point. I think there is a loosely put together plan that is help helping uh, empower humanity to fight the bankers at their doorstep. Okay, now um, what that entails, I don't exactly know. I just know that certain events have happened, like the Chinese ban of miners, like Space Force. Like it's almost like this weird like group of people all across the globe are kind of helping Bitcoin get to where it is. Like, let's be honest, if the banks had total control and the evil powers of this world had total control. Bitcoin would not be where it is today, and Donald Trump would probably not be alive. Okay, like they assassinated Kennedy for something way less than what's happening right now. Um, and what do we see? We see the Bitcoin hash rate absolutely skyrocket. We see El Salvador putting their country on a Bitcoin standard. By the way, El Salvador also arrested 55,000 MS-13 members and basically included martial law in their country. And we know MS-13 is a big problem here in the U.S. You heard of Seth Rich, right? Seth Rich was murdered by typically, you know, they say it was MS-13. And so... Um, I think there's a lot going on in the background to um, to put us in a position to where humanity can fight back because this is not a battle of like military takeover coup type style. If we are going to have real change in power back to the people, okay, people need to empower themselves. That doesn't mean like Trump's going to come in or any politician's going to come in and be like, "Here's your freedom back." Like I got, I gave it to you, right? Like it's not theirs to give you. Freedom is, is up to the individual. The individual has to remove their chains themselves. Otherwise, they haven't learned anything, and we're just going to continue into tyranny for, forever after this. Mm. So mm. do you think uh, – yeah, that's – preaching. I can't wait. I can't wait for you to put me on the front of the episode, Nick. That was awesome. Uh, man, so do you think – let's get it back a little bit. What do you think of the Constitution – and what do you think about the Constitution, I guess, in relation to the fact that it didn't really last that long before a central bank made its way into the United States right after a Constitution? And do you think those two things matter? Do you think they're correlated at all? Yeah, look, the Constitution is probably one of the greatest documents ever created. Uh, but again, it's only relied upon uh, trust that we empower our politicians and our institutions with. OK, and over time trust gets eroded, right? The bankers have slowly taken over all of that trust, all those institutions to where the piece of parchment paper like doesn't enforce our liberties anymore, right? Like the piece of paper, unfortunately, has like become just a piece of paper. And so there's not a lot of power or energy behind protecting ourselves from the institutions or the politicians that we empower, right? Because we consent to that power. And so if you think about that, um, we've lost all of those liberties, right? Like it was actually back in 1929 where they froze the number of congressmen, right? So our liberties and our representation has been debased over at least almost 100 years now because they froze the congressmen at 435 members and said, hey, you know, but we all know the population grows. <laughs> so every time, you know, the population grows and the set number of congressmen remain the same, right? Our, our re representation gets debased. So we're not in this representative democracy mm -hmm. anymore because- our debasement of our democracy has been going on for a long time and we're actually a republic. And so um, 
you're not going to fix this by voting. You're not going to fix this by like changing the system from within. Like the system has to unfortunately be kind of broke down to some to some degree. I don't know what that looks like. I just know that we now have the power to enforce rules and liberties and and all types of um, new freedoms for for people with digital energy. Right? We can encode laws and rules into C and encode them behind a wall of energy, which is Bitcoin. Bitcoin is the Declaration of Independence in cyberspace. Bitcoin is the new Magna Carta in this new digital transformation we are going through. But people have to wake up to that fact. People have to understand what that power entails and they have to go take it. No one's going to give it to them. Hmm. Well, like my biggest thing is always, and this is how we got connected. My biggest thing is the last president we had that actually seemingly really did something about this was Andrew Jackson, which is over 180 years ago at this point. But if you really just look at and, and you can get into finer detail and things like that. But if you just look at what happens when and I won't say what group of people start the banks, because that's going to get me canceled and everybody canceled, I guess, on the <laughs> podcast. But it's just a fact. Like when you have a bank, the Jews. yeah, when you have a bank in your country <laughs> right, and you have a group of people that throughout history, Throughout history, these are not bad people, but they, they do go everywhere and they start banks and they're smarter than everybody else. And they land <laughs> on banks and it's called usury and it's all over the Bible. And it's not anti-Semitism is a word to divide people. I, I don't I, I don't hate anybody. I mean, for the podcast, I don't hate I don't hate a soul. I do not care what you believe in. I don't even care if you're an atheist. Now, am I going to be your friend? Probably not. But it's a fact of the matter that our like our founding fathers were like, hey can't have banks, can't have banks, can't have Jews actually was said as well. And Andrew Jackson is literally the last guy to go, we're done with the banks guys. And if you notice, and I guess I don't want to get super conspiratorial because I've been going down this rabbit hole, but from 1833 to about the establishment of the federal reserve, the world was changing so rapidly and it was changing here in the United States. You're talking about Alexander Graham Bell, the commercial light bulb, Nikola Tesla starts popping up and he starts talking about the fourth dimension. And I mean, once you actually free people from central banking, it doesn't seem like there is a cap on what we can do, but what nation state ever hasn't gone down the rabbit hole of usury, which one? Cause there hasn't been one. I mean, the last person to free the United States was Andrew Jackson. So, to me, I, I don't know, like you said, I don't know if there's another leader who can do that because the system is so ingrained at this point that if you were to flip it upside down on its head in the States, do something like, uh, and I don't like talking about too many politicians because Javier over there in Argentina has got a lot to prove before before we can just go, oh, this is like you said, like, oh, this is our guy. Like this guy is doing everything that we want him to do. But maybe in a way, Bitcoin, it get it gives us our economic liberty back. I mean, if you're really willing to fight for it the way that we're talking about, the way that I'm willing to fight for it, uh, the only problem we might have is uh, what's the percentage of people that really need to be Bitcoiners in order for America to be a land of the free, home of the brave, I guess, if you will. Yeah, a lot to unpack there, a lot to unpack there. And so, yeah, I mean, I don't think we have to label any entity or group um, as part of this evil, right? We know they use any type of camouflage they can use to hide their evil and they'll hide behind whatever, you know, thing will give them the most, um, you know, propaganda and, um, you know, emotional attachment to protecting them, right? And so, um, but no, you're right. Um, you know, Andrew Jackson was one of the greatest presidents. You know, he's, boom, he's right over my left shoulder here. 
boom. And, um, you know, Jackson did say like, you know, he's literally like fighting this den of vipers and that he, he knew the actual um, danger that central banks posed to this country. Now, George Washington obviously was a supporter of the central bank. And, you know, back then things were different. But, um, you know, how do we get through this? You know, like you said, if we have some top down leader <clears throat> that comes in and says, hey, we're going to change it to this system. Like that energy means that some other top down leader can just change it back. Right. And so like we're just going to go through these cycles of like leaders that are just, you know, dictators that are coming in and out to change the cycle. And that's why it has to be a movement of the people. It always has to be a movement of the people. And so what we are is we are the strong men building the bridge to the next side. OK, we are building this transition to that digital freedom frontier that we're, that we're moving into. And so if you think about that. We don't need the sheep, guys. Like, stop trying to wake up the people that aren't going to wake up, okay? Because you're not going to get them. They mm. will come over. They will come over when that bell curve hits their, their thing. Like, oh, shit, I got to do it because if I don't, like, I'm going to lose everything that I have. And so mm. I, what I try to do is I try to focus on waking up the lions, okay? Because if I wake up a lion, that lion's going to go wake up five more lions. And then that lion's going to wake up more. And so I'm looking for the fighters, right? Like, long live the fighters because we are essential to this plan to getting and building that bridge so that people and the masses can eventually come over. And so what that looks like is we need 3.51% of the population, okay? So what that means is that every nonviolent protest in like that's ever happened, if you get at least 3.51% of the population, um, they're like 100% successful, okay? And so we need to literally take self-custody of our Bitcoin. But the second part of this is not so easy for people to understand because they have been so domesticated for so long. They don't understand their freedom. They don't understand their power. They believe that someone else is always going to take care of them. Mm. And so we need to understand that the first essential part is learning Bitcoin and doing self-custody. The second essential part is you have to opt out of taxation at every level. Okay. Now that's, that's difficult for some people to process. Like people's brains explode. Like, what are you talking about? Like, I have to pay my taxes. No, you don't. This property was founded on a tax revolt, 1776. Bitcoin is digital, 1776. You have to tell these people no. You have to stop complying with their tyranny. Otherwise, they are not going to stop. What are you going to do? You're going to they're going to just put a tax on Bitcoin at 50 percent if it goes and we get a god candle. What are you going to do? You're still entrapped. Okay, you are trapped at every level be through incrementalism. Okay, and so this incrementalism is like, hey. You guys, you guys had a great run, but you know what? We, the government, we need to take a little bit because that, that's what's fair. And so if you have any ta taxation, that is slavery, right? Any percentage of taxation is slavery. It says so in the Bible. Um, and so we need to transition to a voluntary system to where we say what we're able to do with our energy. Because any person or entity that owns any percentage of your labor before you earn it, okay, you're, you're a slave. I'm sorry. There's no other way to put it. Um, and how do we end that 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 uh, you know thousand year cycle of human bondage right through these um, abstract king hierarchies right and a lot of this is kind of the Jason Lowry stuff that helps put this piece together of understanding domestication understanding abstract power understanding rank and file structures that have been forever so you're gonna vote like you're gonna vote on a state ledger you're gonna vote on a centralized ledger that they control where they can shut down they can put in more votes. I mean, what, what are you doing? Like, it doesn't make sense. And so really everything is about protecting humanity with an unfuckwithable ledger that also provides freedom and a weapon to fight against them. Mm. 
Lots to what, uh, you know, something, something you were hitting on earlier that I think is so interesting is, and so I've got uh, two different questions. I think they're kind of linked. The first one you mentioned was that Bitcoin is the new Magna Carta for this new digital world that we're trying to build. We're trying to operate and live in. Right. Um, and then also you just mentioned to opt out of taxes in every situation that you can. Okay. So let's think about, so, cause Griff and I've had this conversation before and it's interesting because on the money side, it seems, you know, at this point we can study Bitcoin and we can understand, oh, we can, we can solve this Byzantine generals problem with this, with this software and through a decentralized proof of proof of work, uh, consensus mechanism, we can transfer value. And obviously there's a million different elements, right? And, and that software can enforce that ledger right now. Now it's able to do that because it's all online. It's all digital and happens all within that software. So, and I think that that's really interesting to draw the comparison with something like a constitution um, where, where we're then in terms of, in terms of digital versus analog, how do you have something digital that is enforced on an analog base? Because, you know, we can have rules and laws and all this kind of stuff in terms of how we want to govern our society or the, you know, maybe not govern, but have a standard for, right? If you do these things, that's wrong. We want to disincentivize that. So I guess one thought is how do you, how do you take something digital and put laws and rules and regulation, whatever in this, and then enforce that? Where's the enforcement arm? And then also, what does it mean to opt out of taxes? How, do, how what does that look like in practice? Yeah, a lot to a lot to unpack there as well. And so, look, um, this new digital frontier, this new digital playground that was given to us, right, which is the internet, okay, which was created by the military, right, DARPA, all that stuff. Um, it, it is just this vast wasteland of just information, right? And information was basically devalued over time. Like information is just boom, it's everywhere, propagandized. What happened was they built a a weapon system that was put into place over the internet. Uh, and you can say it was maybe the military's perspective. You could almost say the internet was built for Bitcoin. Okay. And that's, that goes some other down some other weird rabbit hole. And so if you think about what that means, right, it's kind of like an inverted hunger games. Okay. Instead of like the elite, like watching people go out there and kill each other, which was the banks have done for forever. We front ran the institutions and the governments and the banking system into this battlefield and took all the weapons. And we said, Hey guys, there's like a couple percentage points left. Good luck. Come, come fight on us on our own terms because now we're fighting on a level playing field of truth, okay? And I think people have to think as sovereign citizens at this point. Like, imagine what you could do if the if the lid on the jar was off, okay? Like, why are you afraid to go out there and create something? What is holding you back at this point? There is literally a person who is in charge of the United States that cannot even walk properly. He's, he's you know, drooling on himself. He's, he's like walking in circles. And like, this is the people like, no, this is honestly like, this is a person people are afraid of. Like, are you like, and so what I say is guys, there's worse things in life than, than like death. Okay. And people have to understand there's worse things in life than going to jail. And so what, what is your legacy? What, what are you going to do? that says, Hey, you know what? Like I, I bowed to this guy who was like 80 and like, you know, supposedly got 81 million votes and you know, he, it was real scary. He kept falling down everywhere, but like, I had to like, you know, basically consent to his tyranny. Like the, the empire, the emperor has no clothes. And so we have to pretend like that power does not exist. And we have to go out there and create, and I'm going to create, and I'm going to just do what I want to do as a sovereign person. 
And if I get thrown in jail or something happens, like I'm not out there hurting people, but I'm going to do what I want to do. That is in my intention and what I'm being called to do. And so I think people really need to take that to heart. You need to start creating and, and manifesting and doing what it is that is your life's purpose. Forget about the regulations. Forget about the red tape. Go out and do it. And then secure your energy with something that they can't take. Um, and start acting like a fucking badass, right? Start, have, start, let your nuts drop. Go out there and do something. And then, you know, let, let, let the cards fall where they may be. But um, the second part of that, of opting out of taxation, we're in a voluntary tax system, supposedly. Okay? And so, obviously, do things that are probably going to impact you the least. Right. You probably want to continue paying your property taxes if you own a home. OK, there's probably other certain taxes that maybe you um, cannot. If you if you don't own a home, you don't have secured debt. Well, guess what? You can file exemption. Again, I'm not a tax attorney. I'm not a tax advisor. I'm not saying to do what I'm doing. I'm just saying there is a lot of us that have uh, filed exemptions to not pay federal tax. There is a lot of us that refuse to file our taxes. And that will continue as people get pushed more and more to their red lines. Now, I know this sounds scary, but we have to start moving the Overton window. We have to stop negotiating with terrorists, you guys. Why are we negotiating with these people? You want to negotiate with Elizabeth Warren? Like that is where, that is that is the domestication level of Bitcoin is that I'm like, guys, our biggest vulnerability is ourselves and not realizing the power we actually have to fight these people with. And so I'm saying is, hey, Elizabeth Warren, hey, go fuck yourself. You know what? You want to pass a law for self-custody? Good. Please go ahead, do it. I want you to do it. We need to, we need to, this is maneuver warfare, guys. We need to bring them to the battlefield that we know we can win. Like they're not going to win that battle. Like what you're going to ban words and so, good luck, right? Like you can't get the words out of my head. You can't beat the decentralized ledger that is completely um, spread across the, across the planet. Are you going to shut down the internet and turn off every power source at once? No. And so we have to start taking this power and then like using it. <laughs> in a non-kinetic way. And all we have to do is tell them, go fuck yourself. Like, honestly, mm. 2024 needs to be the freaking motto of go fuck yourself. And Elon kicked that off beautifully. Um, but look, guys, I think that's really the path forward is you have to stop complying with tyranny because your tax dollars are going not only to bomb kids in Israel, but they're going to bomb kids in Palestine. Like, you're you're literally responsible for, domet for international terrorism against countries that you probably don't even point, can't even point to on a map. Mm. Um, and so you're part of the problem if you are continuing to comply with that tyranny. Mm. I don't want to sit here and co-sign everything you're saying, but fuck yeah, baby, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> yes. I don't know if I've had on this podcast give like any kind of, uh, even the most Bitcoin of Bitcoin. We've had a uh, guy, oh my God, I don't even know where I want to go after that. I've just been pointing like, <laughs> Hey, let, let me just... Grip, you 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 get your thought together. Uh, uh, you say it was Garrett. It's Garrett, right? Yeah. So we've been talking, uh, man, for the past probably three weeks. Griff and I have just been. I mean, we've just been rolling. You know, we're both we're both sales guys. Uh, Griff works in the medical industry. I'm in the commercial construction industry, and we spend all day every day uh, out around people with people uh, pursuing business, right? and developing uh, the external perception of the companies we work with. And uh, man, it's like it's like clockwork, me and this guy, Griff. We get on, it's like, let's go, baby! We're going to win today! That's who we are! That's what we do! And uh, man, I'm just like, let's go. That's the energy we got to have. And if we're, not, you know, if, we're not, if we're not out living the life that we, that we feel is the right way to live life, 
and making the best decision for ourselves and for our own families. We're both uh, newlyweds as well. We, we both just got married. Congrats. This year. So it's yeah. like we, we've got to lead from the front. We've got to be servant leaders in the home, and we've got to lead from the front and, and, uh, and, and preach the message of what it is that we believe to be true. And that's exactly what you're saying there. So, yeah, well, love, love the energy on that. Just so everybody knows, like, the more of a man you are, the more you get laid by your wife, too. So, like, <laughs> you actually, like if you actually give a fuck to just go out and live, she will follow your lead. She really will if you're with the right woman. I mean, my wife couldn't have given one fuck about Bitcoin, money or otherwise, just couldn't. Now, she's like, ooh, I don't know if we want to spend Bitcoin. Bitcoin? She's like, let's buy Bitcoin with that. Like, I think Bitcoin's good. Now, does it help when the dollar price goes up? Yes, my negotiation skills get better as the dollar price gets up, like anybody else's, of course. Uh, but I want to go, it's just so funny. It's comical to everybody, right? Because we just had, uh, if you look in 2012, like the number of, Google searches and things like that for words like white privilege, racism, racist, all these things just start shooting up in 2012, shooting up. We didn't have that problem. Racism is not like it. We might have a rich and poor problem, but we, we definitely don't have a race problem. We're the most diverse country in the world. And everybody here is like really like under the same bucket. But after the too big to fail, and that's what got me into Bitcoin is we were sitting in the same economics class at Albany and they were talking about too big to fail. And I was like, uh, you know, I'm just a football guy that hasn't paid attention for like the last 10 years, but that's bullshit. I was like, that doesn't even make, that doesn't compete with me because then you get into like, what is inflation? How hidden is inflation? What does inflation mean? Uh, how is it that the number of transnational corporations from 2008 to now just shoots up all over the world? And we're going to sit here and say that America who produces nothing outsources everything. And that isn't, worse than the Jim Crow South. It's way worse. Look what's happening all over the world. It's way worse. And if you actually study the Constitution or the history of America, the whole slavery thing got nuked as, as soon as we had the Industrial Revolution and we couldn't didn't need to rely on free labor to do what we really to like produce the biggest economy in the world. Nobody wanted to. It wasn't an American ideal. Slavery is not our thing. It never was our thing. It sucks. I mean, it sucks. But all that is is used to divide people now because now it's a systemic issue. It really is. I mean, it's just, it might be a systemic issue of stupid, but it is like a, it's a problem because like you said, we don't need, man, we don't need, we don't need one in every four guys to be a Bitcoiner. We just don't, we don't, there's a lot of people here. Yeah. We need what we need four in every hundred. And that's like, that's something that gets fired up. But are you a Max Kaiser fan? Because Max Kaiser's jump ship. I mean, he's jumped ship. He says America doesn't need to be in America. Um, I've, you know, I'm not, uh, man, I, I don't know where I personally stand on that. I guess we keep going down time here, right? Because I don't think America, I don't look at the world with nation states. Flags are another thing. Patriotism, anything with an ism, seriously. Like any, I've never heard a word with an ism that isn't a propaganda arm of the state. Ever. Like, not ever. It's all used to like mask what world history really is, mask what's really going on. Uh, do you think the next America is in America? Or would you like it to be? Yeah, of course, I would love for the, you know, the, the renaissance to happen here in America, but I don't believe it's going to. I believe it's probably going to happen here last. OK, and that's because we've um, enslaved everybody with debt. OK, and so it's only fair that Americans are probably last to this party in a sense. Right. If you think of the fairness of what we've done to other countries, it's only fair that the poorest countries that have been enslaved by the dollar get onboarded first. Right. Like. 
if we have the majority of the wealth and we've enslaved everybody with that that monetary system, why would we expect to get first access to it, right? And so I believe in this natural biblical onboarding that's happening through the poorest of countries, through the pain of inflation, right? Like these countries are getting onboarded because the conversations they're having in El Salvador and in Argentina and in Turkey is like, holy shit, our, our wealth evaporated overnight, okay? Here in America, we're still drinking Bud Lights, we're still watching football, and Rome is on fire, and Americans don't understand it at all. They're sleepwalking into digital tyranny through AI and technocracy, and they have no idea what is coming. And that's probably a good thing in some sense, because, like, you know, the other countries have to be on board at first. I'm sorry. I, you know, people don't like the, the way theory. I... It's, it's the game theory. Well, because if, if we get on today, right, if America gets on today, what happens to price? goes through the exactly. roof and then, and then what is everybody else going to grab and right. then it, and then it no longer becomes viable because it's so expensive for others to buy in is that exactly. exactly can we get a little etf talk in here can we get a little like etf, no, not, ETF. That's, that's not what we want right like the etf <laughs> no. is not what we want it's never like i've been sitting back the whole time because i got into bitcoin in 2019 right before uh the bull run and like i i personally see i learned for nick I didn't let him get into the into the bullshit, but I personally was like, I had the majority was Bitcoin, and but I was on Robinhood, so I had Dogecoin, I had everything. Price goes all the way up, <clears throat> and look what happened. Like FTX was able to suppress the price, move the price. Like we, what was the price? Who really knows? And actually, who really cares? Like what the price is? If you buy Bitcoin, you should be in it to where the price does not matter anymore. Literally, just doesn't 100%. even. Matter. Is this the price of Bitcoin? No, everything is going to be measured in Bitcoin. And that's the thing that might happen faster than people think, unless unless uh, BlackRock hoards it in an ETF and it's like exactly. a clear cash situation, right? But I've been thinking about that a lot. I, I think uh, I think one of the major problems is, and this is, why, this is why the renaissance might not happen in America. This is what's gotten me to move. If we approve the ETF and it's all cash and maybe they have to spot buy some Bitcoin to like, have enough in their reserve like coinbase has enough in their reserve they have nine thousand. so funny i sent that to some people i thought that was hilarious i was like ah coinbase might be a good equity until so i was like oh so they have no bitcoin okay well, <laughs> that's, that's a mistake but if we put out a product uh like a bitcoin etf and el salvador puts out a, a bond a government bond backed by bitcoin mining where you can get bitcoin uh from putting in bitcoin or even putting in cash and getting bitcoin out Aren't we not just going to get smoked as a country? I mean, like almost overnight, like it's going to happen so fast, like where it's ugh, like we're not going to win. Yeah. And like people have to like think about that, because if you think there is some kind of a plan to this natural onboarding, don't you think the SEC would have approved an ETF decades ago? Right. Like, hello, Gary Gensler is probably our guy. I love Gensler because he rug pulls the shit out of these clowns on a daily. <laughs> and every time they say the ETF's getting approved, I'm like, no, it's not. No, it's not. No. And even if it does, right? Like, whatever. If the if it ETF gets approved, that means like maybe some of the onboarding for the rest of countries has been done already. And the next phase of this is to blow up Wall Street because people have to understand we cannot just replace the currency of the world as the foundation. We have to get rid of these, these Wall Street vultures and vampires because so much corruption happens in Wall Street, in these counterparties that are hoarding all of these equities and this wealth. Okay, and So that's where tokenization is so important on Bitcoin, and people don't understand that, right? Now, they're starting to understand it with all these inscriptions and ordinals bullshit on layer one, which I complete is, is like basically spamming the network. And that's why I've got these like frogs behind me. 
because people need to understand there's there's scalable layers on Bitcoin, second layers that people can interact with and with tokens that are on Bitcoin that help people exchange equities, help people tokenize things. And so that's where I think like we get back to like the analog world of like, how do you enforce certain things and how do you voluntarily like um, join co-ops and how do you do all these other things that we're supposed to do that's enforced with this digital energy? And, you know, I did a project where I wanted to raise money for the Canadian truckers. I wanted to raise Bitcoin for them. And, you know, Give, Send, Go shut down and all this other stuff. They shut down all the fiat rails. And so I created a, a NFT on Bitcoin called Counterparty, right? And I created this little NFT, set up a little dispenser. You could only buy it in terms of Bitcoin. And anybody that bought this little Bitcoin NFT got it in their wallet. And then at the end of it, I sent all that money directly to the Canadian truckers. So I inherently like started like some kind of a, a crowdfunding source for, for a cause, right? And then I sent all that Bitcoin directly to them. And it was all done in Bitcoin and it was all done transparently. Um, and so I think these types of ideas we can get through funding governments, through funding uh, projects that are voluntarily done <laughs> through people, right? And so we have to get away from that older system. Um, well, I yeah, was going to no, say, one, one yeah. thing that's interesting too is like I, I was, you know, I was with some family last night and, um, you know, it, pretty much immediately when somebody comes up and they're like, hey, so the price of Bitcoin, huh? Doing pretty good. I'm like, okay, all right. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so funny because even, even for myself, you know, like, because Griff and I, we have tons and tons and tons of conversations about Bitcoin, about ma ma macro microeconomics. I mean, the whole thing. And even, even sometimes for us, like we can get into some of the weeds of things and forget, not necessarily forget, but, you know, not be consciously thinking about the fact that, Hey, this price action stuff is like, it's fun. It's exciting. But like the foundation of this is that every 10 minutes, another block is added to the blockchain, verifying transactions that are happening peer to peer on this network. You know, it's so, it seems like it's so easy to forget about the utility of the network. And, you know, it, it's funny because you talk with people that haven't done any reading, haven't done any research, haven't looked into anything. And they're like, Oh, Bitcoin doesn't do anything. You know, it's just a waste of energy. It's like, Okay, well, thank you for demonstrating that you've not done any research, but it's like, man, how it just and, and this is also too. I've tweeted about this a couple of times this past week. It seems like the world is so crazy. Things are so twisted up with these narratives that people don't know what's real. Right. People don't know what's real. And that's on purpose. They're doing that's on purpose. And that the truth is so bizarre that they don't want to believe it, that it's, it's so bizarre. That it's like, surely that can't be true. I mean, some of the things you just mentioned, uh, you know, DARPA and, and the government creating the internet was the internet created for Bitcoin and yeah. <laughs> who created Bitcoin. You start thinking about those things. You start thinking about modern slavery, right? We know that old time slavery was, Hey, I'm forcing this person to do this, this work. Well, now we're doing the exact same thing, but we're beholden to the dollar. We got to earn this dollar, and we got to do something with it because if we save it, then it just loses value. So I got to put it somewhere, and and whenever I'm putting it somewhere, I've got to go chase a rate of return. I no longer am saving; I'm now investing, and that inherently means I'm going to take on a little bit more risk depending on what my my what I'm trying to earn, right? And oh, we got to pay our taxes, and it's all about this rat race. There's no. There's no savings to think about the future better. And, and if we're not saving and thinking about the future, we're not planning for it and we're not creating an optimal long-term outcome. And so it's like, how do we, it, it's so, I say all that to say, it's so easy to forget about the fundamental utility of transferring value, you know, solving that Byzantine general's problem. It's 
so impactful. It's such an incredible thing. Yeah, we have to um, <clears throat> we have to stop forcing every narrative through a fiat lens because that's what we're doing. We're forcing every narrative <clears throat> through this fiat lens of the old world. And we're like, no, guys, we get to create this new world. Stop going back to the old world, okay? Because you have a bunch of Bitcoiners over here that are domesticated, that don't realize the power of Bitcoin, and they're all about the ETFs, and they're all about NGU. Look, I came for the NGU, but I stayed for the fuck yous, right? Like, literally. And so um, you've got the Bitcoiners over here that don't understand it's a weapon, that are in for the NGUs, okay? You've got a group of patriots that understand the evils of this world, but don't understand a weapon to fight this. Like they don't, they think Trump is coming to save them on a dragon. They think we're going to go into civil war. They've got all these doomers and they've got ham radios and gold. And I'm like, you guys are idiots, right? And the Bitcoin's over here. You guys are a bunch of pussies. But when this convergence, right, it's like this pincher movement, right? This old pincer movement to where we're forcing everybody eventually into Bitcoin and we're squeezing out these, these freedom fighters naturally through it. And to where we're like kind of these people in the middle saying, guys, First of all, the biggest utility of Bitcoin, by the way, was it's first of all, primarily a communication system. OK, so if there was some plan to take down this evil of the world, you would need a secure encrypted communications program for these patriots or whatever you want to call them across the world to communicate with each other securely. OK, because that's literally the most important part of this is a secure communications platform. Then you get into rules of law and like enforcing rules in this new digital space where, um, you know, it's never been done before. Right. Like. How do you package up truth in a bottle and then like able to spread it, right? Like if you had the cure for cancer and it was worth a certain amount of money, like how would you able, how could you package it and sell it to some, to some sense, right? So Bitcoin is like this ultimate truth that is secured in a bottle of energy that people can transfer back and forth. And it's literally just numbers, right? Like ones and zeros. And so when you get to this point of realizing like what Bitcoin actually is, um, it it absolutely destroys the narrative of like the ETFs and the, and the Wall Street bros and the number go up. And then it destroys the old paradigm of what freedom is and what, what our constitution is and where we need to lead in this future. So we need to take the bull by the horns. We need to um, create that new world that we want, which we're already doing, right? We've got the Michael Saylors. We've got the Elon Musk. We are creating this new digital world, this new digital frontier. And that's why I recommend everybody go read John Perry Barlow's Declaration of Independence in Cyberspace because they have no authority over us in cyberspace. We are sovereign citizens in cyberspace, okay? We need to take that and, and create and, and own it. Like, stop being afraid. And that's that's the biggest thing is people need to stop being afraid because there is all these propagandas trying to make you fearful, trying to stay, keep you in your house, trying to keep you, put a mask on your mouth, trying to make you take the booster. And so you need to just live all, get rid of all that be the alpha right like we were talking about earlier because they have demasculated men right they, they're turning women into men the polarity is off men don't even know what direction they're supposed to be and so this has given men purpose this has given men a reason to go back and be the alpha this has given them a reason for men to go back out and lead and create and be those strong men like all our old heroes are dead guys all those old heroes are, are fucking propagandized bullshit that the media has put in front of us and so you need to be your own hero Stop putting some other dude's name on your fucking back and watching Sunday football with Bud Lights and you go be that man you want to be, right? Like stop cucking to these other freaking like idiots on TV and go be your own alpha. Like, <laughs> let's go. Baby. Yeah. So <clears throat> one thing, uh, Bitcoin money, what is money? Uh, because like you said, Bitcoin is a communication protocol and Elon was just on with Kathy Woods and she was like, well, what do you think about Bitcoin? He's like, oh, I don't think about it a lot, but I think about what money is. That to me was like, yeah, he's not an idiot. Like he can't say there's not there's not much for him to say 
there really isn't because if he says anything, it's a massive problem. I mean, and honestly, he's he's creating expensive Bitcoin for himself. So why, if he was a Bitcoiner, why would somebody like that say anything? But I thought it was really interesting, actually, how he started referencing that money is like we have this really odd sense of like what money is and like what it can be for people. And money is truth. So even in the most socialistic Bitcoin or whatever worlds, right, where we get down and there's only 21 million Bitcoin and it's not about socialism, it's actually just about what matters to the economy. And if it doesn't matter, then we do not need it because inefficiency in the market is really, in my opinion, like why I don't think Bitcoin is just the M2 money supply number is it's more to me like how inefficient is the economy? Because even in Bitcoin, there will be inflation due to the fact that, well, if a VC is wrong, and they want to invest in Morse code instead of the telephone, they're going to get fucked. And there's going to be a lot of money that goes out the window. And what is like the number one thing I think about that's inefficient is the internet and the backdoor uh, ad revenue bullshit that's happening on every single platform. Now you can pay $22 on X and get rid of those ads, which is why X to me is becoming very, very quickly the only platform you want to be on. And I have heard a lot of older people uh, they're like, hey, like, so X is, yeah, it's like pretty, you know, like a lot's happening on there. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, you got to still be pretty good at like discerning between bullshit, and not bullshit. But I'm like, you can pay for no ad revenue, which means you are not affected through. Honestly, the algorithm is just not as pervasive. It's not as perverted. You don't get a lot of bullshit on there, um, which again, over Tim window, but nobody talks about Bitcoin. And I'm, I'm starting to like, uh, like I said about Elon, I think there are certain guys who it's almost so obvious to me that they know what's going on, that they're not saying it. But then there are other ones where I'm just like, if you say Bitcoin and uh, Cernovich, Sronovich, do you know him on Twitter? He hates us. Yeah, because yeah, he's, he's, he's a bitch. bitch. He's always he's, been a bitch. Yeah, because he's super smart. He does get it. But he's a propagandist. Like he makes his yeah. money scaring people. And every single time, because we have a blue check, and I love that blue check thing now, because I can be the best reply guy in the fucking world. And he blocked us so fast because I would literally every single time he tweeted anything about money, I would go, why don't you talk about Bitcoin? I was like, because everything you're saying is just propaganda and you're not talking about Bitcoin. And I was like, all you are is an internet personality. And I want to say Tucker Carlson will be different. Um, but I feel like if your job in the society is not building rockets and like being Elon Musk, I don't give you as much of a, like a, a, a grace, if you will, where it's like, dude, talk about the B word. Because to me, the Overton window, the only thing that's not in it right now is still Bitcoin. And it's never been more wide open. And I don't know why people don't look at that and go, oh, well, I should, should probably buy some of that. Like you should always buy the thing nobody is, nobody wants to talk about until they want to talk about it. But I guess, like you're saying, it almost doesn't really matter. I mean, I mean, they're either going to do it or they're not. You have to find lions. But it does seem to me like Bitcoin is going to just do its thing. Now, if the government created Bitcoin, this doesn't matter. The rules are the rules. It might have been like a COVID lab leak where they, they did it and then it just got out. And it was like, oh, we like that. But l- let me just ask you this because <clears throat> it's on my mind. If if Satoshi came back, or do you think Satoshi's here? Do you think he's still around? Uh, <clears throat> yeah, so I've got a, a a thesis that talks about what at least I think 
created Bitcoin, or at least is the origins of it. Because I think when people say, oh, it's not important who Satoshi is, absolutely it's important who Satoshi is. We need to know who created this in some sense, right? Like, we shouldn't be like, oh, it doesn't matter. They have 1.1 million coins. No, we should. We should, like, actually try to at least attempt to figure out what this is. And so if you go back to looking at what happened in 2009, okay, you get this immaculate conception of this new technology. Okay. And funny enough, you also get a government guide called counterinsurgency. Okay. And so what this was in January of 2009, right, we get the Genesis block. And in January 2009, the US uh, government releases something called this counterinsurgency guide, which they nicknamed it called it coin. Funny enough, right? Coin counterinsurgency. Okay. And so we think about energy and the ethos and metaphysical and all these things like the enemy has been telling us what they've been doing us to a very long time. Okay, they their power comes from our consent through telling us what they're going to do to us. We're going to jab you. We're going to do this. We're like they literally tell you what they're doing to you, and people say, "Okay, go ahead, lay down and take it." Yes, and ma'am. so, yeah, we're we're telling them what we're doing on the other end. And so, what is counterinsurgency? Okay, counterinsurgency, nicknamed Coin, right, is the combination of a military and civilian alliance taken to defeat and contain insurgency, and uh, and its root causes, okay, root causes, okay, and we all know from the Bible, the root of all evil is money, right, like, and it's the incentives, and it's it's all this stuff that have to do with money, and if you think about the root cause of all of our issues, right, with the news media, with the division, with the hate, with the demasculination, with, with like, you know, turning women into boys, and all this other crap, it's all comes from the money printer, guys, they can't put all this propaganda out without the money printer, otherwise, like, they lose all that power, and so, what is counterinsurgency, right? It's a battle over legitimacy. If you look at what the actual guide is for insurgency versus counterinsurgency, it's a battle over legitimacy. Now, what does that mean? Well, what does the Declaration of Independence say, right? Power of the government is derived from consent of the governed. Legitimacy, right? We only give them legitimacy because we consent to their, their dollar, their control structure. If we stop consenting, if we stop legitimizing their power, which comes from the dollar, okay, they are no longer in power. So that's why Bitcoin is a counterinsurgency of the people. Okay, we are the counterinsurgents because the insurgency is the institutions, is the banking cartel, is big pharma, is you know the political structures. They are the insurgents who are attempting to tell you that their way is legitimate. That is why they spend so much time and money billions and trillions of dollars on the propaganda because they have to repeat it over and over and over again because lies have to be told over and over again. Truth doesn't. That's why memes are so important to this because memes cut through all the bullshit and they cut through all the billions of dollars they have to spend to try to propagandize and, and, and influence you to make you think a certain way. And so the truth will set you free. The truth sells itself. But there's a lot to unpack there. And so I recommend you guys like maybe, you know, I, I did a session with Breedlove that kind of goes into more detail about that. But um, counterinsurgency, Bitcoin is digital 1776. Okay. And I do believe there was this plan put together by, um, you know, maybe some kind of like Kennedy white hat military faction. I don't know who, right? I'm not saying I know who they are. I'm saying there seems to be a certain plan to this and they are trying to tell you Hey, you pussies, we gave you a perfect weapon that does not kill anybody, but you have to go do it and do your own research and learn about it and actually like do something with it. We're not going to come and save you. 
Like, we're going to protect, like, the red lines. We're going to protect civil war. We're going to protect full-all thermonuclear war. But they're like, it's kind of like this, this game. Like, nobody's going to come say, like, did they save you if you took the jab and you died of a heart condition? That's real. That's real consequences. And so we're in an information war, right? They are doing whatever they can to prove they are legitimate. And you have to fight for your right to, to get to the truth. And that's, that's where we're at. We're at the bottom of the rabbit hole here, guys. Mm. This is incredible. This is great conversation. Hey, give us, uh, give us some thoughts uh, and share a little bit with the people about Oakland Bitcoin. Tell us a little bit about this, what you guys so, are doing. Here's the thing. Like, um, I didn't feel I was doing enough. I, I've ran a Telegram channel for a few years now. I've got like over 11,000 followers on there. It's Bullion Bitcoin BS. And I was helping to onboard people. And so my channel started growing. It started growing a lot. And I was like, look, I don't have time to help all these people like learn self-custody. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to start a uh, consulting company to help onboard new people that want to learn, that like are legitimately like just don't know, right? I get a lot of older folks that just have no idea what to do, but they can send an email. They have a computer. It's not hard. And so um, Oplin, if anybody knows what Oplin means, is Oplin is short for operational plan. And it's a military guide. And so I believe everybody needs to create their own little military plan. You need to have a backup plan and a plan of how you're going to execute and secure your energy. Because this is a weapon, right? I am like your uh, your armor that's been like, hey, what kind of weapon do you want? Do you want cold storage? Do you want, you know, what, what, what do you want, right? How, how do you want multi-sig? Do you want, right? You know, so it's kind of like helping people guide them into what weapon is best for their, like, their technical level, right? If you can barely send an email, I'm probably going to put you on something like a Trezor. If you're like more advanced, maybe we'll get you into a cold card. And so it's really understanding what they want. And they're coming into this and they're kind of green, right? They're like, it's like boot camp. Like, hey, I, I kind of want, I kind of understand, but I don't know how to secure my life energy. Like this is how domesticated people are because they're afraid to hold their own wealth. And so I'm saying, no, like I will teach you, right? You're not buying Bitcoin from me. I'm not holding your Bitcoin. I'm teaching you how to be a sovereign individual to where you can hold your life energy in something that is unfuckwithable. And so like, that was kind of my plan is like, hey, like I'll help onboard people, but like, I'm going to charge you a fee because my time is, is valuable as well. And so, yeah, like that's, that's kind of why I came up with it because I felt like people needed a, um, a resource for someone they could trust. I'm like the anti-financial advisor, right? Because I don't want your money, right? Like I'm not holding your money. Like we have to flip that system on its head. Like fuck your financial advisor, fire him because he's a fucking asshole and he's robbing from you and go empower yourself. Stop relying on other people, you guys. Like we have the power, take that power, own it, be the alpha. And then like, like live with that, like be secure, holding your own energy and, you know, create a plan for it, create a military plan to like back up your shit. <laughs> mm, it's really good. Griff, <laughs> what, what thoughts you got? Too many, uh, <laughs> but it, it's inspiring. It's inspiring though. You know, uh, the only thing I guess I haven't asked is uh, when did you originally get into Bitcoin and like, what was it for you that, oh, you know, maybe I should ask that at the beginning, but I kind of are, I assume that, you know, I made a lot of assumptions uh, going after the first 10 minutes of our podcast. But what was it that got you uh, orange pilled, if you will? Yeah, I mean, I've been a Ron Paul guy kind of my entire life. And so, you know, he always talked about the government theft and gold and all this other stuff. So I was a gold guy, dude. I was like stacking gold for like 10 years. I'm like, oh, like gold is away, gold is away. And then um, I'm a bourbon connoisseur. And so I wanted to find some really expensive bourbon called like Pappy Van Winkle. You guys probably heard of it. And uh, this guy had this really cool website, looked look, look legitimate. And uh, he's like, oh, I only accept Bitcoin. I'm like, oh, fuck, this Bitcoin stuff. I've heard about it. I 
kind of tried to get involved, but then like Mount Gox happened and I was kind of on Silk Road, but I thought it was a big fed trap. So I didn't like, I had kids at the time and I was scared. I was like, no, like, so I waited. And then finally, like it kind of became mainstream in 2016, 2017. And I was like, oh, like, um, I'm going to buy this bourbon. It's a couple hundred bucks. Like Bitcoin, I think it was like a 400 bucks at the time. So I sent this guy 0.8 Bitcoin for this bottle of bourbon that never showed up. So I have this, you know, now it's a $40,000 bottle of bourbon, whatever. And I never got it, but that was my learning experience, right? That was the rug pull. That was the pain that yeah. forced me to learn about this new technology. And so I bought all the shit coins, went through that stuff, earned my stripes. And then, you know, obviously became a Bitcoin maximalist uh, at the end of it. But um, yeah, we all, we all have our route. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, absolutely. I think the coolest thing about what you were kind of talking about is you charge for your time to get into Bitcoin, but you more it's it's more like a boot camp to untrain uh, the fiat mind, if you will, because hey guys, self self custody is not actually that hard. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's not that hard, and kind of like you said, what I loved is that if there is um, a Kennedy group, a group within this organization that is trying to help people. They did make it really fucking easy. And like you said earlier, uh, if you're not going to come along, well, you probably are one of the sheep. And how many sheep are there, smart, smart, dumb or otherwise, there's a lot because it is so easy to go self-custody your Bitcoin. And I was having this conversation last night with a friend of mine who he actually is who got me into Bitcoin. And he's like, dude, like 80% chance this world's like ending next year. And I was like, and I was like, I was like, honestly, man, I was like, I see kind of what you're saying, but I was like, you know, I'm a Bitcoiner. So I'm actually a lot more optimistic than you are about the future because they cannot <clears throat> up what I have. I said, I can put it in my head and go anywhere in the world. And I have all my economic value right away. I was like, JC, I was like, I'll go run up every fucking credit card they have in the United States and go to Argentina the moment it's legalized. What are they going to do to all those people who do that? Oh, so the game theory around Bitcoin, and we kind of discussed this on our last podcast, it's actually, we had a guy on here who was like, listen, the devil plays both sides. So the devil uh, is fiat, but the devil could also potentially be Bitcoin in a sense, because in what game theory does this not work out? In what, in what theory does this not work out at this point? It's already reached kind of that critical mass where you have these major players coming in which is the most comical thing in the world. Like I wish, obviously we all wish we got into, everybody wishes they got into it earlier. Everybody does. But the only time in my opinion, you're too late is if you see uh, on your little like candle thing, if you see 10,000 in one day, then you're gonna be like, oh fuck. That's when you're gonna be like, oh fuck. Because it can happen. Uh, it can happen overnight. Um, and if it happens that way, I mean, they can pervert Bitcoin in a lot of nation states, but even then I, I don't think they can pervert it everywhere. But it's remarkably easy, Nick. Self custody. It's it's like I mean, oh my god. But I feel the same way a lot of time. I'm like, should I be charging you guys for this because this is fucking ridiculous? I was like, you guys don't even know about 1933, or even like the book on Jekyll Island, or 1971, or how about 2008? Like, do you, did you really get in the weeds of 2008? Like, no. Okay. Like, do you think that our Fed should be buying government treasuries and then like putting them on repo markets? And you don't. That's not bad. Okay. You're a Christian? By the way, do you go to you go to church? <clears throat> oh, that's interesting. I was like, I don't know what the fuck no, you're learning. You're not learning that's a anything. Whole other rabbit hole. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's uh and, and I love people, right? Like that's how we started this whole thing off. I love people. I mean, and that's why I think we did this podcast because we want to talk to people like yourself where we're just like, hey, we see a lot of platforms out there that the moment they start getting a little bit bigger, having a little bit more success. 
they kind of cuck up. And the whole point of this podcast is that we're not going to cuck up. And it might yep. get big, it might not. We don't really care. Uh, the followers have been coming ever since we revamped it. But it's also because we actually probably have a set of balls this time going into it. Whereas before Good. it was like, whoa, I, Griffin's all in. Is Nick all in? Oh, Nick's all in. And then we go through the whole bear market and we kind of stopped because we we're getting married. We had all this stuff going on. And now that we're back into it, now we have, well, now I have a wife. So now I care even less about what other people think. And on, on top of that, uh, man, I mean, like if you stack during the bear market, I, it's kind of hard to tell me now, like I didn't know what I was doing because I knew exactly what I was doing. I know exactly what this is. And it's not ever going to be an exchange rate price that matters. But um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, they, like they've stolen our energy for a very long time. Okay. And like we now have the opportunity to buy our future at a discount, right? You're actually buying your future at a discount because they've stolen from you for such a long time. And so like this is kind of this, um, you know, spiritual energy shift to where the energy is coming back to us. But we have to understand what that means. And so like half the time when I'm helping people, like I don't feel like I'm like a technology advisor. I almost feel like I'm the spiritual advisor, like helping them deprogram themselves and like, hey, what does this mean? And, you know, and so people have to really understand like, the calcium buildup that's happened in your head from mm -hmm. all this propaganda of, of the dollar. And like, you know, you're right. Like, I hate to say it, but the people that go to church, like if you're taking fiat dollars, like there's an Illuminati symbol on the back of that. And so like that's satanic energy. Like I hate to be the, the bad guy to tell you that, but if you're still like paying in dollars to your church, you're paying in, in cabal money. You're paying it in stolen wealth. You're paying in a, a, a satanic blood cults, like currency. Like, I hate to say that, but like, literally, like, that's what you're doing. And we have to understand that we need to help the churches. Like the churches are, are a big part of this too. They have to start deprogramming themselves from that. And so, um, you know, it's just, um, it's just crazy what, what kind of world we're going into, but there is so much hope. There is so much like, like good things that are happening. Like, I don't mean to be the doom and gloom, but I'm just saying like, Hey guys, you're going to be kind of, I think, somewhat protected in this. Like, if you don't, like, fall for all the propaganda and the bullshit, like, just go out there and be a good person. Just go out there and do what you think is right. Don't mm -hmm. hurt people. Don't scam people. But, That's like, it. go cre go create something in this new beautiful world that we have because I want to be friends with you. I want to help you create that. I want to partner with guys like you that are part of this revolution. I think we all need to have that mindset, but we all need to stop negotiating, right? Like, stop cucking to politicians and stop cucking to, to, to the Wall Street thieves. Like, Go out there and let's be our own alpha. Let's let's create this new world and let's like just be free and like and like live, bro. <laughs> let's have fun. That's great. Garrett, it's been a, it's been a pleasure having you on. Tell everybody again if they want to get connected with you, they want to find more info. Um, if you guys are watching, you can see his Twitter handle here at G Money Pepe on Twitter. Uh, where else can people find you, Garrett? Yeah, uh, I'm on uh, Rumble. We do a show every Thursday night at 10.30 p.m. Eastern called Rug Pull Radio. So I'm a host of Rug Pull Radio, and uh, we kind of go into more of these conspiracies and stuff. We've been doing it for about a year and a half now. Um, and so a lot of good content. Uh, we've got look over 60 episodes. So go check out us on, on Rumble called Rug Pull Radio. And um, yeah, check me out on Twitter uh, for sure. We're also on Telegram called Bullion Bitcoin BS is the handle. And uh, yeah, come check us out. Beautiful. All those links will be down in the description. Garrett, appreciate the conversation, spending some time with us this morning. It's really, uh, really a fun time. I, I enjoyed it. We'll probably have to have you on again. Uh, maybe we can come be a guest with you guys one of these days. Yeah, let's do it. But, uh, yeah, it was a pleasure. Hope you have a great, uh, great Christmas and a happy new year. All right, guys. Chatele. See ya. Riff.
Another great conversation. It's like cut, cut. <laughs> Another good I've conversation. Got, I've got nothing. I've got nothing, brother. Yeah, I uh, probably the most inspiring podcast we've done. I like. I really liked our conversation last week, obviously, because Bitcoin is spiritual, and I like people who are really well read in that world and can kind of give a really nuanced take of everything going on. Um, which is why I am just reading. You know what I mean? Like it's all every day. Here's the thing, guys. If you don't wake up every day ready to learn, you're going to become a sheep. If the moment you think you have it, you don't. And that's kind of where a lot of the people we're talking about are. They think they know a lot of things that they really just don't know. And every time we get a Bitcoiner on here, it's just a wealth of knowledge. And But the conversation is so well received. They share information as they give information. And the only time you hear a Bitcoiner kind of back off Kind of when you're being a bitch because you're being intellectually dishonest you're not looking at facts it's too serious and oh it's doom and gloom for you well guess what for bitcoiners man it's not doom and gloom we're just being honest and we actually have a way forward so you can either be a part of the way forward or not we don't really care we only need roughly 3.6 percent we only need roughly four out of every 100 men in this country to get it rolling. We don't need everybody, but man, that was great. That was it's really good. Hey, if you guys are not watching right now, we've got video on YouTube and on Spotify. Come see us on Twitter. Interact with us there. We like to talk with people. It's at Nick and Griff Show. It's all spelled out at N-Y-C-A-N-D-G-R-I-F-F-S-H-O-W. All the links will be in the description. We'll see you guys next time. Peace.